Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Better Call Saul Season 4 Episode 5, it's called Quite a Ride. So, full spoilers for the episode as always. It's a title. It is, it's actually, I mean obviously we're going to talk about the opening scene in a second because that's uh, a pretty big prominent deal. It's but, a game, game changer. But what I do want to mention actually is just how well Kim and Saul's stories in this kind of mirrored each other. In terms of their, uh, in terms of their emotional arc, and also just in general, Saul's like every time I, I've written him off, he has this moment where he gets self-aware and realizes what he's doing, and he dials it back. And every time I think, no, this is it. This is him off the deep end. This is him going straight into Saul territory. He's never I, coming back. Do you know what? That's the point. I, I realized in the past week or so. Kind of just don't want to me. Yeah, I was I was talking to you know a friend just about the show in general. Allegedly, there's not going to be one of those moments. There's not going to be a oh this is the moment where that's it. There's no going back now. I, I, I think it's just it's 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 being too gradual, to just oh you know we're a step further this time, but then he reins it back. You know, it'll just be over time, and then we'll go, huh? No, he's already like it. Uh, yeah, we we didn't even you, you almost don't even notice. It's like okay, it just kind of happens. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. I'm not sure because I feel like no matter what the the point is, we realise that that's the moment he's he's made his choice and he's not turned back. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but um, but I think I don't think it's going to be like a big snap moment of oh, that's the well, know, no, but none the of them none of them happened. have been though. Like this stuff recently has been fairly small small potatoes in terms of you know compared to some of the mm. earlier stuff. It was just a case of, oh, he's starting to go down that path. Maybe this is where he just never stops. Mm. Right? I guess that's I, what we're I, waiting I for. We're, we're not waiting for the big monumental moment where Saul makes this life choice where he breaks bad. It's more just, there's a there's going right, to be a point right, where right. he never stops. Yeah, but how long till you notice that he hasn't stopped? Because at the moment, we're, we're going, oh, there he goes, he stopped. Because But just because he doesn't stop you know, immediately in that episode doesn't mean he won't stop in the next one. You know, so it's like, okay, when when do you kind of know definitively? When the show ends. That's a boring answer. Well, I mean, the show's probably ending in next, you know, season five. I mean, we're we're getting kind of there. Yeah, you're making that assumption. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a reasonable assumption at this point. I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's potentially that, that that's the case. I'm not saying but... it's definitely ending next season. I'm just saying it seems likely that it's probably going to end in season five. I don't know if I go as far as say likely. But the point I'm making is that every time I think that he is he's he's written off, he he does this thing where he he makes his choice. And I think what impressed me most in this one is that it wasn't even like 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 as we're saying the, the selling the phones and the doing this wasn't like a big thing in like a sort of bad sense. His decision to come back wasn't like a big prominent moment either. He actually just decided to do that on his own. No one even gave mm. him a speech. No one even, you know, it was it was a genuine moment of self-reflection. He's actually growing. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, he's getting better. It's weird. <laughs> because we know where this is going, and we know it doesn't end up better. <laughs> Case in no, point. does not. The opening scene, <laughs> which was not post-Breaking Bad, but near the end of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Yes, yes, right right towards the end, last couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah, because we see him getting picked up with the car, so this was just before before that. That's, that's the call he makes yeah. at the end. Um, and Francesca's, you know, shredding all the documents and, and whatnot. Because there's a moment where I'm like, where are we? What, what time is this? Yeah, there was a moment where I'm like, 
did I miss an episode? <laughs> just, just for a second, I was like, did I miss something? And I'm like, oh, okay, no, never mind. I realise what's happening here. Yeah, take, take, a, take a few seconds to recognise the office. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Because we've never done that in this show. You know, we've done the, the post-brain battle. We've done the, you know, the, the, the black and white sequences. Mm-hmm. So I'm trained for those. But this was you know, full colour. I'm like, so I'm just I'm used to that just being, oh, this is the, the sole time period. Well, yes, and, but that's... That, Black and white is post Breaking Bad. This was not post Breaking Bad. There's there's clearly rules. No. There's rules here we're playing with, and that, that seems to be the distinction. It is, yeah, but it still surprised me. Just you know, like oh, okay, we're doing that now. That's that's open. Mm. And it's interesting that there's a, a link with the phones. Like I'm not necessarily saying that. I mean, he might build contacts with phones later, but it does seem like he's given that idea up for the time being. He's still working there, of course. Like he's still, you know, he's still doing his thing. But he he cleans off all the paint after his mugging, and you can kind of see where that, that was going. I want to compliment though, because obviously he has this idea where he, he goes and pays for all the phones out of the shop himself in the middle of the night to go and then sell them on the street, you know, off book, so that they really can't be traced. Like you know, they're really just you know, uh, you know, there's no record of them, right? And you know, the moment where he sold to a bunch of people at the hot dog hot dog place, and the biker gang came in, and everyone else leaves, and the biker gang came in, and he sort of like notices and just sort of sits in the car. It turned into a horror movie for about thirty seconds, where I was genuinely scared about where Jimmy was and what might happen to him. I I love that before you even know it. Okay, this is a biker gang. People just get up and leave it, and you're like, "What's coming? What what, you yeah, know, what, what, coming. what do they know that we don't?" Yeah, uh, and then. And I love the moment where you realise that he's like, you know what, nah, I'm going to try and sell to these guys as well. And he gets out of the car and he walks up. Uh, and yeah, it's just a delightful... And you know, he's good at what he does. Of course, the three young punks come up and, and mug him afterwards. But uh, And that's kind of a moment for him where... You know, and it's, it's funny because when he's, he talks to Kim afterwards, because she was already kind of weird about the fact that he was leaving at 9pm to go do work when he works in a phone shop. It's weird. It, it is pretty weird. And he, you know, he, he can actually be pretty honest about it i mean obviously he's not going to tell her that he was out selling phones but he got mugged like that part's true <laughs> he it, got, it is he got yeah. beat up his injuries are real like you know uh and she's you know patching him up but uh, do you know what the little moment i like in this scene there's a little subtle moment where she doesn't even ask him to do it but because she can't she's only got the one hand right now he opens up the little bottle for her because she's going to like attend to his wound you know, and he he just flicks it open for her without even she doesn't ask. He just does it instinctively. I was like, you know, for all the faults these two have, or him specifically, there, there is like a, an in-sync kind of you know connection. Is, yeah. I've said that for a long time, but I mean, that was that was just a simple little uh, showing yeah. of it that I liked. It was nice, um, and he he makes the choice at the end of this scene to to go to the therapist. He says, "I'm going to go see the shrink," and he yeah. unprompted he just says that because. It's like again, he's been he's becoming self aware of who he is think, and what he's doing. No, the 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 real moment of self awareness in this scene is when you know he says, you know, I, I, yeah, there was a time where you know they'd have seen me and they wouldn't have you know dared yeah. have done that because they'd have known I was not to be messed with, and that that's how he played it. And you know, at at the mugging, he's like, come on, guys, what are you, what are you playing at? He yeah. played it like they were going to look at him and go, yeah, yeah, this isn't worth the trouble. And obviously, that's not how it went down. It's, it's, he's only just realizing that. Hang on, that's that's not actually who I am anymore. I don't come across like that. Yeah, I actually I really like that first scene where he, he's up to them in the car and he tries to sell them phones, and they call him a narc, and he says, 
would a narc be driving a piece of shit like this? And the guy goes, take it back to the impound, narc. And I'm like, you know what? That's a pretty smart little shit. <laughs> That's pretty smart. Yes. <laughs> Very good. It is, yeah. Very good. Uh, but no, no, I liked that. I liked, I liked him taking down the, the, the letters, uh, the painted letters on, you know, on, the, on the window. And it's actually, when he goes to the, the courthouse, he's, he's, he's there to check in because he's on like probation, you know, because of all the, all the trouble. And he runs into Hamlin, who, by the way, my heart's got out to Hamlin right now. He, that man is a wreck. Oh, man, when you see him, and he just, he looks like shit. Right? He does. This is a man who, up until this point, has always looked impeccable. Yeah. Also, with his hair down like that, the way it was, he looked a little bit Alan Tudyk at first, I thought. <laughs> I could see it. I was yeah. getting some Alan Tudyk vibes from him. Um, oh, I could see it. But... You know, like so. So it's this scene where he tries to like ask him if he's all right. Like Jimmy trying to be the nice guy is like, "Hey, are you sure you're okay?" And he's like, "Oh, I've got insomnia," and you know, and he almost tells him what's eating at him. And he's like, "No, no, I've I've already revealed too much before. I've already opened up too much. Mm-hmm. Clearly, this is about Chuck. He doesn't want to go into." Oh, it. absolutely. Um, and Saul after this like rips up the therapist number because he basically see sees Hamlin as. Because he mentions he's, he's going to a therapist already twice a week. He sees Hamlin as, oh, that's what'll happen to me if I go and see a therapist. I don't want this. I, I like, yeah. and sure, Hamlin's clearly having a bad time. That said, he thinks he helped someone or forced someone or not forced. Yeah, but, I, I, I wouldn't you know. go as far as to say he thinks that's what'll happen to him if he goes to the therapist. I think it's more just this. You know, Hamlin's going to a good therapist because he can afford a good therapist, and it's still not doing any good. So what's the point? Oh, you may, I mean, maybe. I feel like there's more to it than that. I think it's more about how, in this scene, he is pitying Hamlin. And I think yeah, I, the last thing he wants is to, for someone else to pity him. And I think that goes back to the mugging scene, is the idea that, you know, like, I mean, obviously didn't call the police as well because he was up to no good, but <laughs> like, I think the idea of being pitied and the idea of being the one who needs help is something that, that Saul never wants to feel like he's in. Because I, th- I think going all the way back to his childhood, like, he's always had to do things for himself. I mean, his brother looked yeah. out for him to an extent, but he basically had to make his own way and prove himself. And a lot of the show has been about him doing that. No, that's fair. I just For me, I think it's a lot about the, the futility because he hates trying things over and over you know he, he he doesn't stick with things and you know really really does them he, he does it and then you know, he'll find an alternate route right he'll go okay that didn't work i'll just try something else but he goes to the, his meeting and uh the, the, the officer's just asking oh so you got you got employed and you know blah 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 and he's like oh have you thought about plans at the end of this this you know this this period and he goes into this this little monologue about oh me and my partner are going to get another law office. It'll be bigger. It'll be better. I'll be a great lawyer. I'll be respected. And he goes into like, have more clients and win yeah. more cases. So he's like, so you're going to be a lawyer then? Okay, <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm not going to lie. And then of course we actually have the harsh cut there because he says, yeah, lawyer. And it's like he's contemplating like, does he really want that? Yeah. Do you know what? This is actually one of the first episodes, maybe ever, of the show where I've not. I, I didn't I didn't get the ending moment as it was happening because I thought it was going to be just before you know he rips up the note the, the number mm-hmm. I thought you know he's looking over the toy and he rips up the number and he throws it down and I thought okay that's the ending moment because that kind of loops back around to the start with the shredding oh sure yeah so I, I can thought, see it so I thought oh that's the moment and then there was like just you know it was only another what 90 seconds afterwards but it really threw me yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I got it just before it happened. There's the, there's the pause after he says, it. "I'm just going to cut to the credit right it here," is, yeah. and sure enough, it did. So, uh, but no, Saul's story is 
It's because it's in this this place right now. It's in this kind of lull between the big 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 moments and having that scene from you know sort of during Breaking Bad time and kind of seeing how it connects. In fact, do you know what? Do you know really like give me a little sort of I don't know dash of excitement. I guess we'll call it is when he says to Francesca, he gives her a card like a card for a lawyer and says, "Tell him Jimmy sent you." And there's something because we never knew his name was Jimmy in Breaking Bad. And there's something about him actually revealing that to a character in Breaking Bad that feels really important now. It feels like a big deal. Mm. So I just, did, was re- did we don't know his name was Jimmy. No, I don't think we did. If we if we did, I don't remember finding out. Because I, I, I just didn't remember it knowing it was you know it was a fake name. So I remember him telling you know Walt you know the the oh Saul Goodman right you know pretty early on. Sure, I don't think I he ever. He inter- I, I assumed he told what his actual name there. I don't, I don't recall ever knowing his name was Jimmy before Better Call Saul. That's fair enough. Maybe, maybe you know it's been a while. Maybe I'm just projecting backwards. Yeah. In my memory. Um. So no, I thought that scene was really effective in that sense. And then of course there's the connection with the phones, the idea that he rips it in half just like he does in in the the shop, which was a funny scene when he's he's he kind of tricks that guy into buying like six phones. Six. Yeah. Uh, even even though he's not even that that much of a criminal, he just he clearly does a little bit of his carpentry or whatever off book. <laughs> That's all he's yeah. doing. Is it? Like, no, you need a phone for every week. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, these six are uh, being reserved. <laughs> little, little. Yeah. Is everyone into like, adjust his little sign that he just made? They said reserved. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, on hold. But yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned that how you know it's in a lull between the big beats, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of perfect. That that's kind of fallen. How it's in a lull for his life. You know, it's okay. This is the part where he's not allowed to do his lawyering. So he has to. Oh, just, sure. Okay, I've got to got to kill some time for a year. Oh that, sure. That little, it, it, it's kind of nice how that's that's mirrored. No, no, it's just working. That certainly was not a complaint, and I think seeing like because I think him going back and forth and going to the edge and doing the things with where he's selling the phones and then coming back after a bit of a scare is exactly what happens to Kim in this episode because Kim we see is actually taking cases she's, she's doing like small crimes in the court and she's with this guy and I wanted to punch this little shit see after she like she does all this convincing with the other lawyer you know the, the guy I've been seeing since the start of the show the, the one that Saul used to always uh, yeah kinda, the dick bag the dick bag yeah uh, and she talks him down she like says no no down to six months probation and there's, there's the funny moment where she's like no make it four he's like four what happened to six you're annoying me right that was funny and yeah. she tries so hard she has to fight tooth and nail to get this kid no jail time and just get some probation and the little shit turns around and says after the hearing oh I need to go to a probation officer for four months jeez like smack him smack him right now you, you can see she turns and the stare she gives oh. I honestly thought you know if her arm wasn't like that that's oh. it oh. getting a smack and she gives him a pretty good pretty harsh talk about reality and what you should do because she makes a really good point when, when she's arguing with the lawyer she says hey what, what do you want him to go to jail for six months and just join a gang because he's in there like cause that's what he's going to do that's what happens yeah. when they go to jail at this age like you know let's give him a chance and she's like no you're going to go to your grandfather you're going to beg for a job at his restaurant if he wants you to clean toilets you clean goddamn toilets and you stay out of trouble and he kind of, you know, he kind of accepts it. And also, I love that that's probably one of Saul's ties that she's she's brought in because it's hard. She takes oh, it back. Oh, certainly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's really funny. I don't know. Uh, but and then she goes to see like the, the the other woman who's terrified, and she 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 like it's comforting. She talks her out of her house and convinces her, you know, to be brave and this go on because she's you know, and it's again it's the idea of what we said last week. She 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 cares about helping people. She feels she's helping people, but she gets a phone call 
for Mesa Verde. And we've seen a couple of times in this episode up until this point where she's kind of like, oh, I'll do the paperwork at night. And she's sort of working on it later on when Saul's trying to watch Dr. Shivago and, you know, things are going yeah. on. Not that he likes it for very long. No, no. That was the music from Dr. Zhivago, though, I can confirm. Uh, Joe, one of my favourite things about that scene mm-hmm. is uh, the framing. Um, so, Saul? yeah, the two of them are sat on the couch. Mm. Yeah, the two of them are sat there, and then she gets up to do work, and the, the camera just sits on him, and it doesn't reframe him to the centre. It just leaves the empty space where Kim was. Yeah, well, once, it, once it starts playing, the camera starts cutting a lot around them. It's kind of a erratic... It's like he's really yeah. uneasy and bored. It's like he's not really paying attention to the movie, and he's just kind of like, "I need to do something. I need to do something." Yeah. Um. So that that's so it's again a good bit of direction there, a good bit of acting as well. But so she gets this phone call, and it's oh, there was a mistake in one of the papers. They need to come down and you know let's fix it. And she, you know, she's not mad, right? You know, you know, it's just fine. The mistakes happen, and she even says, you know, in the later scene, mistakes happen. It's not a big deal. They need to come and come and fix it. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not available till four. Sorry, I just can't, and just hangs up. And it's like, Kim, what are you doing? <laughs> You're kind of sabotaging yourself here. And again, much like Saul in this episode, she clearly realises what she's done. Because when she goes in to speak to her, she's very apologetic. She she promises it won't happen again. Now, I'm not sure if I'm convinced it will not happen again. We'll see. See, this is the, this is the thing. I don't think she is apologetic. She's actually very cold. She, she accepts that what she did was maybe wrong um but she doesn't really apologize she doesn't you know she, she's not sorry she she's just like okay fine you know she's you know when 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 she says oh no we need your full attention she just goes got it you know like, like she doesn't really like it but she'll do it she does apologize <laughs> no no she, she <laughs> says she's sorry but i don't yeah. feel like she's apologetic there's a difference okay sure um i feel like at the end when she says i promise this will never happen again I mean, whether or not she feels like groveling sorry, if to, you know, to put it in sort of extreme terms, or you know, whatever, yeah, that's debatable. But I do think she's scared of what she did. I don't think, I don't think she's unaffected by this. I think she feels the oh. scorn of what she's been told. You know, she's been told off here. I, I really do feel that in this scene with her, um, and I think you know, I think she did get a little bit scared out of this. That's not to say that she won't just keep going back to doing other because she she outright just fobs them off to go and help this woman. Like she she cares more about doing that than the Mesa Verde case, which you know last season that was all she could think about and it drove her you know off the road. <laughs> literally, 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 literally. You know what I'm trying to say, just folks. Stop saying that word. Sometimes you need to say the word. Well, you don't. What am I supposed to do? Just do what the opposite of the idiot kids do and use figuratively in the wrong way like let's <laughs> make it a thing she was figuratively driven off the road doesn't oh, work it's not as funny doesn't work damn it but hey so so that was Kim so Kim and Saul both got really good character development in this episode and what was really neat I thought was how they kind of mirrored each other and how they both kind of went in the direction they felt they wanted to go in and then get a scare back. The difference, of course, being is that Kim's, like, sort of direct personal direction was a lot more noble, right? There's, there's, there's definitely a lot more sympathy you have with her and what she's trying to achieve and why she cares about that. Whereas with yeah. Saul, it's kind of like, no, learn your lesson and rein yourself in. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, that's interesting. So, just, just before we move on from, uh-huh. you know, these characters and their plots... Which which lawyer do you think it was that that he would tell Francesca to go to? Because I'm I'm thinking it might be Hamlin. 
Hamlin makes the most sense because I feel like depending on how Kim and him end and assuming Kim's alive I don't know if it... I, I don't think it's Kim because Francesca knows Kim right that's true that makes a lot of sense so Hamlin makes the most sense because Hamlin Hamlin will still be a, a law firm right I would assume so yeah unless unless something drastic happens that that is going to be so exciting to me if we see like Kim or Hamlin like post Breaking Bad that is going to be yeah. so exciting I, if that happens by the end of the show after season one Jimmy has had a respect for Hamlin. You know, in in season one, Hamlin was the bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Ever then, since it was real that that Chuck was behind a lot of the sabotage, that was yeah. yeah. I think he has he has a respect for Hamlin. Obviously, he's disagreed with him a lot, but I said that you know he still looks up to him as a lawyer. Yeah, actually, what I just said there is why I think Kim doesn't die. I think I think we get Saul meeting Kim post Breaking Bad. Quite possibly. I I I think in present day. He's going to make a choice to go and see her, not caring that he's probably going to be spotted, and that'll be maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. towards the end of the that, story. That, that, that feels like a final episode. It does, moment, yeah. It? It, feel, it feels like that's going to be the final like fifteen minutes. It's all going to be one take, and it'll just be this heart wrenching conversation of awkwardness and like Saul yeah. pouring out his heart, and it'll be like, "Oh no, Saul, we've done." If you just went back and didn't, you know, sabotage do these different things so the thing with Saul is you can go back to like three or four key incidents and basically fix all of his problems <laughs> there's like three or four biggies that if you just alter those ones and tell him not to do it it would fix everything yeah, yeah. oh dear um, so no natural this episode but we did get um, after the, the, the opening scene we got this opening with this character we didn't know and he was you know he gets off a plane he goes to a car there's keys under the under the you know the wheel and he uh, get, and Joe. You know it's funny as I was watching this, and it was very slow and methodical. I sort of like sort of smirked to myself. Said, this feels like a make scene. And oh, I, this it. Just in the direction. Yeah, and then sure enough, the phone rings inside the car, and it's Mike. And I'm like, ah, it's a make scene. <laughs> they tricked us. It was a make scene all along. Uh, and you know, they get, it gives them instructions because we know he was doing a job for Gus. But that was set up last week. And it's all these instructions. Drive out here. Put a hood over your head, and Mike shows up and takes him into a van and drives somewhere. And then he takes him to a very familiar location. Uh oh, the yes. the uh the laundry thing. What, what what was the exact business? What was the front again? I can't remember. Yeah, it wasn't a laundromat, was it? No, it was bigger it was like an industrial laundry. Bigger, yeah. yeah. Um but regardless, it's there, right? It's this where the lab is, uh in season like three onwards of Breaking Bad. And he's there basically because this is the thing I think in Breaking Bad we just assumed unless there was a line or something that I'm forgetting because it's been a while I think you, you probably just assumed oh this place had a basement <laughs> and that was just they just converted it and that was fine no 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 no. they've got this guy here and he pulls out his little laser pointer and he's got like his little laptop and he's like you know making these little clicking noises and Mike just looks like bored and frustrated very upset by the whole thing and the guy's like oh yeah I can do it seven months baby no problem. And Mike's like, so, uh, need to blow some stuff up, right? He's like, nah, forget about it. Be cool. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that is literally his actress. Forget about it. That's his whole thing. Yeah. Like, easy. And they get a phone call. And basically, it's like, clearly Gus is saying, nah, not him. And the guy's like shocked to, to his, the fact that he's just been kicked back to his car and told to get out of the country, <laughs> go away. Mm. And then later on in the episode, towards the end, we get a second character. So, same way. But he's very different. He's a lot more fidgety. He's sort of sneezing a lot. He's he's clearly not travel as sick. travel. He's travel sick. He's not as kept together. And when he pulls out his bag, he's got several tools. He's got a little notepad. 
pen and paper, it's a bit more down to earth. He's, he's actually measuring things. He takes a lot longer. Uh, it's a lot more, a lot less high tech. And Mike doesn't seem as bored because I think Mike respects. He understands each of the things that he's doing. He understands why he's measuring that. If nothing else, he's showing that he cares enough to actually check all these things himself. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't, I don't, I don't think because you know, I think what you just said could have been interpreted the first part at least that Mike had a disdain for the technology the guy was using. Oh, I don't think and that I don't per think se. It's that at all. I don't think yeah. it's that. I think it's that the guy with the technology just kind of in a very blasé way just did a couple of clicks and that was all he did. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think it was that he he never moved more than you know five paces from where he was stood. Yeah. Um, and, but where you know this guy walks around the room, you know he, he's looking under the little things, going, okay, this is what's around. Yeah. Him. And when Mike asks him about, okay, you know, can it be done? The guy instead of saying, oh, it's easy, it tells him how bloody hard it's going to be, especially given it has to be in secret. No one's allowed to know we're here. So instead of blasting stuff, we're going to have to build support pillars. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do this. It's going to take a long time. It's going to be very expensive. He, you know, he does. And then Gus walks out in person, which is clearly us, obviously, at this point. Okay, this guy's getting the job because clearly Gus respects him. You kind of know enough. where it's going anyway because he's not getting a phone call. It's not. He's not being yeah. stopped. I'm like, this is going on too long this is is feeling too legit like this guy is respecting the the difficulty of the job yeah um and because of that's why gus clearly picks him and agrees because he says oh it's it impossible he's like no it's not impossible. you know it's expensive it'll be this it'll be that but it's not impossible yeah, it'll, be, it'll be expensive dangerous <laughs> it'll very, be a challenge maybe time consuming yeah but, but not impossible and it's funny because i feel like because obviously time's not moving as quickly in the show as it is in real life, just like was with Breaking Bad. And I think, I think, I mean, I don't know, I can't remember what Breaking Bad was set on when it started, but I feel like the, because uh, there's a gap between the shows, right? It's not like it's going to run right into it. It can't. No, because Breaking Bad, I'm sure, it, I think it, when it started, it was just, you know, when it started, what, 2008, right? right? And it took place over two years, right? So, yeah, and we're at, what, 2002 in Better Call Saul right now? 2003 maybe yeah um but the reason why i'm saying this is i feel like the this project will take about a year maybe more and i think saul's you know he'll be he'll be a lawyer again in about a year well nine months or so as, as he points out in this episode exactly um i feel like that may be something like the, specifically him becoming a lawyer again that might just be happening assuming the show ends next year next season uh that was that'd be something that'd be happening just as we end the show but I could be wrong. Maybe maybe we'll have a big time jump after between seasons. We could do. Yeah, I, I don't see it being a time jump necessarily, but I do expect to see Saul setting up some of his criminal lawyering. Oh stuff. sure, absolutely. You know, you know, we're seeing the seeds of that with you know the phones and etc. You know, he's, he's building that web of contacts. But I do expect to see at least the first couple of cases of him you know doing that, and maybe one directly for Gus, you know, on his behalf. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be. Like he's already set up. Though. I I feel like he he might like not actually go in and be the lawyer for him because he can't right when he's not obviously in this nine months. But more just the the unofficial advice. Yes, like he'll be there. He'll build those contacts before he's a lawyer again. And then I can see the choice of him going down this. Like maybe he'll become a lawyer again towards the end of the show. And then when he has to change gears and go towards what you know he is in Breaking Bad, there'll be a moment of choice where, okay, I can rely on these contacts now instead. You know, rather than try yeah. to be legit, I'll rely on this side of my life and, you know, uh, 
but hey, I, I just I don't know. I was I was like because it's like okay, this is going to take a long time, um, because we don't necessarily have to have this place up and running by the end of the show because we know that until There's nothing necessary is is here for in this yeah. time period because until Walt takes it, I don't think anyone. I mean, Gale was there, but he wasn't. Yeah, but it's successful. No in, in, impact to us, really. Exactly. Yeah. It was fun seeing it again, though. It was it was fun seeing how much effort went into this and how much how difficult it, it was probably going to be to actually pull it off. Yeah, it was one of those things going, oh, oh, okay, this is cool, it's exciting, right? It's exciting for a number of reasons. It also makes a lot of sense when you think about it because it means that there's no basement to this place in the city plans. Like as far as the records are concerned, this this basement level does not exist. Which I feel that was probably mentioned in Breaking Bad at some point, you know, because, you know, I, I know, I, I remember them coming and checking the place out a few times. Mm. I feel like they'd have known, okay, there was no, you know, they, they would have mentioned, okay, there's just, just this, right? Yeah. But I think maybe at the time we probably just assumed, oh, they, they doctored the, yeah, you know, maybe. The, the, the blueprints, I, they I did whatever. I it was a while, I don't remember my exact thoughts as to yeah. why they didn't know. Yeah, we probably didn't even think about it. <laughs> it's probably just, probably. you know, just you know, more important things were happening. Went, oh, it's not on the plans. Okay, cool. It's secret. That's yeah, all I need to know. Uh, but it was an exciting, exciting little scene when you realise what they were doing. Um, so it's, it's good stuff. Um, it, it's interesting. It's, it's really funny this season because I, I'm still really not sure. I, I feel like last season, especially up until the halfway point, and especially season two, I feel like there was always like a sort of idea of where we were going with the season. Um, although we were very wrong in a lot of ways because we kept predicting that Kim and Suttles big breakup moment was going to happen by the end of the season yeah but we were still on the trajectory yeah whereas here I'm not I mean, you know like, I'm not really sure what's coming in the last half it's kind of exciting it's it's, it's been kind of meandering not in a bad way I, I've been enjoying it don't be wrong but it's hard to nail down oh this is this is what this season is yeah, because the, cause the plot revolves so much around Chuck that with Chuck gone, we're kind of just dealing with everyone kind of re-establishing where they are and what they're doing. Um, yeah. And like you say, it lines up with where Saul is in his life right now, so it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, so, so I know. Uh, so, and obviously, this is the first time Mike is properly working for Gus as well. Like, full on, like, this mm. is a job he was hired for and didn't just kind of... Yeah, like we into. Mike was in on on this stuff here from you know from the ground up. Yeah, yeah, that cool. makes a lot of sense because that, that was some of the, his bigger stuff. Uh, obviously, he first appeared in season two, but um, I think we all remember like, the the half measures, full measures at the end of season three with Mike and mm-hmm. how how much of a big part of that he was. So, um, but yeah, so there you go. That's episode five of uh, of Saul. Half, half the season done. It goes in so quick. It really does. It goes in so quick. Um, yeah. Uh, I like to point out it's a little bit of direction here. When they're in the van the first time, uh, and it keeps cutting ahead in time, because I noticed when the guy arrived, I was like, hmm, this feels a little bit blue. Like the, the, the color temperature. This is this is some camera talk here, but um, as they were cutting inside the van, it was getting more and more orange to kind of emulate the fact that you know the day was passing. Like you know, it was later in the mm. day. It was like you know, it started off early morning, and now it's like you know, early afternoon maybe, uh, and everything's bright and orange. And I was like, okay, all right, I see why they did that there. Because it was kind of weird at first. I was like, this is, this is weird. I've never seen this show have this much of a blue tint before. But it was just purely to kind of sell the time passing, I think, more than anything else. Yeah, like, like you know, because the, the second guy is like, hey, you know, from the sounds, we're near a town. And we know they haven't really gone that far. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they were just, they were, oh, let's drive them around for a few hours. Yeah, well, it depends where the airport was. Maybe they got them to fly in, you know somewhere maybe Maltown. I think it's funny if they just drove them around aimlessly for two or three hours 
<laughs> go, 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 go around this junction 50 times and then we'll then go to the location. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, basically, just go, right, just, just drive in that way for about an hour and a half and then come back. Yeah, well, just well do. Do a figure eight around these few streets and then just yeah. come back eventually. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very secretive. But hey, that, there you go. That's episode five of of Better Call Saul so let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below like and subscribe all that stuff get us on patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here and keep the reviews coming we appreciate it loads uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching TV guys have you got any vanilla